Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, listen, about once a month, not about exactly, once a month this fall, uh, we are bringing a different uh, member of our team to you to share the Word of God. And back at the beginning of the semester, I asked each of them just to share on the on the thought of defining moments. And, uh, and of course, Pastor Bethany uh, did a wonderful job ministering the first month. Pastor Crystal did a wonderful job uh, last month. And today, uh, you hear from the uh, third member of our team, Pastor Dave. And uh, Pastor Dave's been a part of our church for a long time. His name is most closely associated with kids' ministry, but he does a lot more than that. He's become sort of the Swiss Army knife that has his hands in a lot of different things around the church. And, uh, Dave, I love you. I'm so thankful you're part of the team. Would y'all make him feel welcome as he shares God's Word with us today? Wow. Man, y'all look beautiful today. You can smile at that. It's okay. I love to have a little fun. Y'all like fun? Yes. Well, you know what? It's been a long time. You know, Natalie and I were talking. It's like, when was the last time we were in here on a Sunday morning? Uh, We are always just about over there, just like Pastor was saying, but not always. We do a lot. But we've been traveling a lot this summer, too, ministering to kids in other churches. That's our heart, is ministering to your children. And uh, so we love it. It's it's our heartbeat. It's what we do. But it's been too long, and so uh, it's a privilege to be here with you guys. I was over here a little bit ago just worshiping away to that first song, and next thing I heard, Lily over there snickering. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? Am I singing? (laughs) That's what happens when you live with two girls that sing really well. So she, she rolled her eyes at me. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, it's just the way it is. And I, I love watching Joey. We're talking about moments, defining moments, you know. And Joey's over there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It brings a smile to my face. Thank you, Joey, for doing that. You always do that. I've told you that before. But it's good. So defining moments. You know, we all have moments. But to help our younger generation, our kids in here, to know what defining moments are, it's a point in our life, an experience that we had that changes us to a pivotal decision in our life. We can either go this way, we can go to the left, we can go to the right, and I'm not talking about the parties, you know, the left and the right. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, it is. But we all have moments. Would you not say we all have moments? Yes, we all do. Who has had a defining moment in their life? Yes, we all have. We all have had defining moments. But I think to me it's really important because the greatest defining moment that I think I ever had in my life, and this is not where I'm going today, but it's what we all have experienced, is when Christ came inside of me. Man, because at that very moment, check this out, at that very moment, everything that was in my past was just gone, just wiped away from God's side. It didn't matter anymore. You know, I think about them, and I laugh about them, and I cry about them, but they're gone. They're wiped away. The most pivotal moment in my life, the crucial decision I ever made was giving my life to Him, you know? But I want to look at some moments, and I want you to help me out on this. Y'all, can y'all do that? I got some pictures to show you. It was really funny. We said, can I, don't do it yet. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was in connect group, so if you're not in a connect group, get with one. If you want to come to ours, come to ours. But anyway, so I, I was talking to Brandon. Brandon's like, hey, man, I heard you preaching. And I remember that picture of you showed me of your past. I put it up on the screen many years ago or some time ago with the old Dave. And this is the new Dave. 
And it's really funny. I was up there with your little kids up in the preschool room last Sunday. And, and a little kid by the name of Owen, he goes, you're weird. And I'm like, yes, I know I'm weird. That's who God made me. This is the new me, the weird me. And, uh, but it is. It's, but I, I love me. I look in the mirror. I was telling our fuel kids. And just a, a, little, a little bit on that, our, our kids' ministry is going incredible. I want you to know your kids are in great hands. We're fun, we have fun, but yet we have a lot of serious moments. We have 24 fuel kids and nitro kids together um, that we are discipling. You see them serving around. You saw Shanley just kind of up here with Bethany, and now they go, she's shadowing Bethany. So she wasn't just standing there. She was shadowing so they could kind of get a feel of everything that's going on in the church because we are raising up what? leaders come on disciples and that's what it's all about so let's get to some moments all right so i want you to tell me if this was a defining moment in my life okay eddie hit that first picture right there so does anybody know where that picture was taken what do y'all guess yes garland wooden gardens in hot springs so that is not when we got married, but Natalie and I, I think it was last year we visited during the tulip time, you know, all the tulips, thousands and thousands of tulips, but we took our picture there, but that is where we got married just about 14 years ago. Was that a defining moment in my life? Yes, when you hooked up with your spouse, that was a major defining moment in your life. Now, this next picture kind of goes with what Bethany was talking about a couple of months ago, about memories. <laughs> about memories. Now, it's what she said is, what do we do with those memories, those moments that make them a defining moment in our life? Now, what I did with this, and I could not find the picture, but this was a great memory. I don't know if it was defining or not, but this was during when we used to do VBSs. So this was good 10, 15 years ago. But I lit the rocket off inside of here. And the rocket just billowed out smoke, and, but it didn't launch. So was it a defining moment? Did I put a hole through the roof? No. I was really concerned that Pastor Hewitt was going to kick me out of the kids' ministry because the place was full of smoke. I shoved three canisters of smoke um, tubes up in it. And, I mean, fire was blazing. Smoke was going. And I walked out of the room and took it outside, and smoke was just billowing. So not a defining moment, but I tried, okay? <laughs> so this was really cool. I'd never been deep sea fishing before. Anybody been deep sea fishing? So we went on a BGMC summit for missions, and uh, so we got to go to Cabo. Now here it was. We were out fishing in the Pacific Ocean, and what did I catch? A mahi-mahi. Man, I was reeling that dude. God, did he? Not yet, Eddie. Cheapers. Okay. <laughs> now look at my catch. That was a big mahi-mahi, wasn't it? It was beautiful. It was yummy. But then it never fails when I go fishing with Natalie. <laughs> Never fails. Roger, where are you at? Do not go fishing with Natalie. She's going to make you look bad. I'm just saying. Because here she is. She brings in a bigger mahi-mahi. But if you'll look closely, you can see claw marks on it. She caught a sea lion. She caught the mahi-masi, mahi-masi, a mahi-mahi. Then a sea lion took her fish, and she was reeling in all the way to the boat. Then the sea lion came off at the edge of the boat. Now, I thought I had it going on, but it was not my defining moment. It was hers, <laughs> you know, because it is. I mean, moments like that are very important in life. Now, this one right here was really special because this kind of <laughs> <laughs> This 
was during our rebuild project. So I was an undercover agent, and we showed this video inside of here. And the, uh, this is not a defining me moment, okay? We're not going there. This was a fun, laughable moment, so you can laugh. But yes, we showed this video because I was like a secret agent, and we was doing this stuff with the kids in here. So it was, but was that a defining moment? You better say no. <laughs> But you know, we, got, we all have these moments in our life, and it's very important, but we always need to think about when we start making big moments. They could be big good moments, laughable moments, fun moments, or they could be, oh, sad moments. They could be negative moments in our life, moments that we think we just dropped the ball on everything. But you know what? We got to understand that we cannot call every moment in our life at a defining moment. We can't do that. It'd be, it'd be crazy to say that because all moments are important in our life, and they even may be big moments, but sometimes we make big, bad moments, big decisions that were bad, and that does not have to define who we are. That's the problem is, I think we always want to label something, right? We always want to slap a label to it because when we slap that label to it, then that's what it is, and we have to be careful with that. Because just because we make a bad decision in our life, that doesn't have to define who we are. Moments don't have to define us. Check this out. What defines you is what you do with that moment. Okay? That's important. Because I'm, today we're going to look at some moments in my life. And I, I've had a lot of great moments. But that's not what I'm going to look at here in a little bit. Um, because I want us to understand something about moments. Because sometimes we make terrible decisions. Let's say this group of kids right here. Let's just pick on you a minute. You go into school and you're not prepared for class. Kevin would not like this because he's a school teacher. And then all of a sudden, because I used to do it before I was a Christian, okay? Just saying, but I didn't know Christ. But I would slip out that little piece of paper out of my sleeve. And I'm cheating on my test. And all I'm doing is cheating on myself to get a better grade. But it didn't benefit me any. But does that have to label us a cheater? Whoa. That's not as a Christian. It should not. Now, we might make a bad mistake. No, that gives you a little bit of thought. That might make you like, oh, I just cheated on my test. But that, does that have to define you a cheater? If you are a Christian because you make a mistake... No, because Romans 3.22 says this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in who? Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So we're going to make, I'm about to say stupid mistakes, but I'll just say that because I just said it. But we're going to make them. We are just going to make foolish mistakes. But that does not have to define us as a person, as a cheater. Don't put labels on yourself. Because through Jesus Christ, all of that can be taken care of. But then you got to make a good decision that you take that little cheat note out, rip it up, and never do it again. That's when you start making a defining moment in your life to say, you know what, I'm going to allow Christ to be the Lord of my life. I'm going to allow Christ to listen to him. Because you know what, what makes those hard and bad moments a defining moment is when we allow that moment to develop our character. Now think about that. A pivotal decision to make you a better person. 
Now, we're going to make mistakes, and I'm going to throw up a scripture here in a little bit, and everybody's going to shout, yes! Okay? But we have to be careful. We have to be careful. And just because, let's say the worst happens. Let's say the worst happens, and you cheat on your spouse. When you say that's pretty bad, that's pretty bad. But that doesn't have to define you in your life. Now, you might have to suffer the consequences from that. But that doesn't have to define you as an adulterous person. Because I love what Romans 3.23 says, and this covers everybody. It says, for everyone has what? Sinned. We all have fallen short of God's glorious standards. And you look at what Jesus said to the adulterous lady. Now, when that little header is put up on top of that passage... That's what we did. We labeled this lady, adulterous lady, because we don't know her name. So we did that, okay? But that doesn't mean that because Jesus didn't label her as an adulterous person. She just, he just said, looked at her and said, hey, where's all of your accusers? Where, where are they? Well, they're all gone, I guess. Well, they're all gone. Well, just go away and don't sin anymore. With Jesus Christ, we don't have to allow those labels to stick with us. Now, that's a bad decision. That's probably one of the worst, one of the worst, unless we, uh, let's just say we killed somebody. Let's say somebody, Will, came into your house, and you're going to take care of your wife and your kids. What are you going to do? You're going to pull out a gun, and you're probably going to shoot them. Okay? I mean, rightly so. Would that not be? You don't know who that person is. Does that make him a killer? Does that label him a killer? No. We have to understand that big moments in our life, they're there to help us. We might make the foolish mistake. I'm not saying that's a foolish mistake. I'd probably do the same thing as well too, but that doesn't define you who you are because I say all of that because a lot of times people in here, we just want to label ourselves and we want to keep ourselves buried in a hole. And God wants to pull you out of that hole. He pulled me out of holes. He pulled me out of big ones. And we have to understand that. Because here it is right here. And I love this verse. And it says in Romans 5, 9, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. What? While we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Everything that we have done is wrong has been covered with the blood of Jesus. Why he died for us. But then does that give us the right to keep doing them again? Does it? No. We're to turn away from it. But listen what Proverbs 24, 16 says. It says the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. Whew. That's where we'd be shouting. You know, I'm going to trip. I'm going to make mistakes and not just one time, two time, three time, four time. But I'm going to keep making mistakes. But what I need to do is start learning and allow God to improve me, make me better, to make it a defining moment in my life. Because how I look at life now, not as a person not living for God, but I look at it as a person that is living for God. There's a big difference. If you have given your life to Christ, it's a big moment in your life. You are not your own anymore. Paul said it, your old life is gone and you are a new person in Christ Jesus. Okay? So I wanted to get all of that clear before I go to my big defining moment that I think 
will bless you. Because I want to talk about a guy by the name of Jacob. Now, Jacob had many defining moments. If you don't know who Jacob is, Jacob is, I'll tell you here in a moment. But this was one that not only defined him, but a nation as well too. So that's a huge moment. Not just to find him, but a nation. You see, we have to be careful, fathers and mothers, because you not, might not be a nation as a whole, but your family is your nation. And what, ha- what we do in our life affects our spouse, it affects our children, and we talked a little bit about that at the last family, family night. But you know what it did? But it was a night that he wrestled with God. Think about that. Think of how many times you wrestled with God. Maybe not physically, but you wrestled with Him. Come on, let's pray for a moment. Lord, I thank you so much for my life and the changes you made in me. And the changes that you want to make in me more and more every day to be more and more like you. But Lord, it's not about me. It's about everybody that can hear my voice. Lord, I pray that we would open our hearts today and that we can learn from Jacob. Lord, we can learn from your word, Lord. How we wrestle with you and your decisions when we need to learn to let go and trust in you. Lord, help us, God. If there's anyone, Lord, that is wrestling with a decision in their life, a big decision, a good decision, Or maybe even a bad decision that we talked about. Lord, I pray and ask you, God, to help us today in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's open up our Bibles to Genesis um, 32. And I want you to catch this. And uh, you can pull out your pen and your highlighter, whatever you want to do. Because there's something in here, two things I want you to follow along. And I think that is so important that we can learn from Jacob. Now, Jacob, not going into a lot... Jacob made some pretty bad decisions in his life. Jacob made some decisions that defined him as a deceiver. But Jacob learned over time to get things right. So let's read. So it says here in uh, Genesis 32, 22, it says, During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. Now, Let's don't say just because there's two wives in the Bible that it's okay, guys, to have two wives. Okay? Just letting you kids know that when you get married, it's only what? One spouse. Okay? Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean it's okay. That wasn't okay for Jacob. He did it. But it is what it is. So I just had to throw that out there. Okay, it says. So his two wives, his two servant wives, and his... (laughs) Come on, Bethany. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. And his 11 sons, they crossed the Jebek River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. So he was preparing, just to let you know a little bit of the story, he was preparing to meet his brother, Esau, whom he deceived and tricked and stole from and all of that. Okay. So he was preparing to meet his brother. And so he was trying to smooth the encounter so his brother would cut off his head or hurt him in any way or whatever the case may be. So it says right here, after taking all the possessions to the other side, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. 
And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. I was sitting out this morning on my patio and was watching the dawn begin to break. And it was beautiful. It was peaceful this morning. It was lovely. Clouds. The sun was coming through. And I was just imagining Jacob at the break of dawn. But was, was he enjoying that moment? No! I can only imagine how he physically felt. I wrestle around with my grandkids for one minute and I'm totally exhausted. Who would say, how can you wrestle with somebody all night long? Jeepers, he had to be young and hard and young in spirit. But it says, but when the man saw that he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip, wrenched it out of his socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go, and say this with me, until you bless me. Until you bless me. Jacob was always searching for that blessing. Jacob wanted that blessing. He deceived to get his blessings. He did whatever he could in the previous to get his blessings from God. But all along, God already had a plan to bless him. Sometimes we try to do things on our own. And it's not wise. And it says right here, But your name, but what is your name, the man asked. And he replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel. And that's what we hear today. The war in Israel. This is the beginning of Israel. Jacob to King David, to King David, to Jesus, to Jesus, to us, to the return of Christ one day. This is the beginning of the defining moment in Jacob's life and in our life too. All, the, all, 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 all of creation. Such a defining moment. But from now on you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have, and say this, I have won. Because that's what we've got to understand. There's a lot of things that sometimes I think that we wrestle with God with. And I want to look at three things in my life. They're not the great things. They're not the wonderful things. Because those are easy to brag about God with. When, when we, we, we do incredible things and, and, and all of that. But it's not that. It's the times and the decisions that I make when I was wrestling with God with decisions that were going on. That I could have easily gone this way or this way. And that's where we sometimes face. We have big decisions. And sometimes we wrestle with God. We might not physically wrestle with God like Jacob did, but we wrestle with his decisions. Or we wrestle because we made a foolish decision, and now God is trying to tell us how to fix that decision that we made wrong. And so here it was. So these big three life-giving moments I had in my life, they were hard moments. They were pivotal moments. I could have gone either way. Moments that I literally wrestled in my heart and in my mind with God. Moments that allowed not to destroy me, but to build up my faith. To refine me. Now check that out. We have to use moments not just to tear us down, but to refine us, to mature us, 
and to help us to get closer to God. That's what these moments should do in our life, even though we created them. Or sometimes we didn't. So my first one was my previous divorce. It was horrible. It was hard. I didn't want it. I was a new Christian. And I'm trying to live my life according to God's word. And I'm trying to raise my kids in that household by according to God's word. And God's word says no to divorce. And so I was living my life that way. I was getting up. I was taking my children and my wife to church. And some of you in here may remember those days. But I did everything that was right. She was going to the left. I was like, no, I'm not going that way. I'm not doing that. I'm going this way. No, I am going to church. I'm living my life according to God's word. And it's not always easy, but it was a defining moment in my life. Because I could easily just say, ah, I'll divorce you then. You want to divorce, I'll divorce you. I didn't do it. I did not do it. I'm like, no, I am not going to even say that word in my house. I talked to our pastor at that time. I talked to people in here maybe at that time. and Because I was struggling. I'm a new Christian. And this, this is all against what? God's word. It was. But I stood on my ground. I stood on God's word. And I went to counsel. But I couldn't stop her from doing what she was doing. Because sometimes we can't. We can try our hardest. But we can't. But I struggled with that. I struggled with that with God. God, why? I'm doing everything right. I'm loving her the way that you want me to love her. I'm, I'm taking care of her. I'm doing everything that I know what to do. Everything. Why? But we face things like that. But what do we do with those moments? Do we stand on God's word? Do we believe in his word? Do we trust in God? We sing the beautiful songs. We do the beautiful things. And they're hard. But sometimes we can't. We can't make our spouses do what they should be doing. And I'm just blessed to have a wonderful wife today. Because I believe my blessing from her. Is because God knew with all of my heart. I followed his, I followed his word to the letter. I followed. And that's why. I was blessed. And that's how we get blessed. That's how Jacob. Jacob blessed. No, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I didn't let go of God because I wanted God to what? To bless me. To bless me. I wanted that blessing. And the second one, I was getting ready for kids church one morning. Pastor Danny comes in. Because goes, have you heard? I'm like, heard what? Kyle died. Your son just died. It was a horrible moment. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Here I am. I'm living according to God's word. I could have got angry at God. I could have cursed God. I could have turned away from God. God, why me? Here it is. I'm living according to your word. I'm serving you. I'm doing everything that I know what is right to do. But why my son? All I did was lay in bed for hours and hours and days, it seemed like, 
and just bawled like a baby. But I held on to God's word. I held on and I wanted God to what? To bless me. I needed his blessings. I needed his blessings of understanding. I needed his blessings of peace. I needed his blessing. Natalie could only do so much. He could only comfort me so much. Because the greatest comfort comes from who? It comes from the Lord. And that's where we find it. And then the third. Is next door. The kids ministry. For years and years, for a decade, for a decade, I would go to work one day, come to the church. Go to work one day, come to the church. Because it was my heart, it was my passion. My partner at work says, you just go to the ministry, I'll take care of the business, and I'll run it, and and you just come in three days a week, and I'll come to the church three days a week, because it was my passion. That's what God put in my heart and in my life. Well, then the economy went kapoop. Kapoop. It did. Y'all know it. The employees were, were terrible. Lack of employees was getting worse. And I had to go back to work. I had to go back. I told Pastor Greg I had to go back. I wrestled with that. That's not what you put on my heart, God. That's not what you, you told me to do. You told me to minister to these kids. And that's what I do. And that's what I did. But it was in a moment in my life that all I wanted to do was what? Have God bless me. That's what I wanted. So I was like, okay, God, you're going to have to make this work because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it because without the kids' ministry, I'd be so empty. I'd be so empty without your children in my life because they are a part of my life. Every one of them, whether they're young or old. And I have many that are old now. Many that are having children of their own. But it was a defining moment in my life. And it finally took me, listen to this, three years, Pastor Greg. And only a few people around me knew that I finally found his peace. Because I wasn't going to stop. I wanted God to what? To bless me. I wanted God to bless me. And I finally found peace in it. And I'm getting old. I have old moments. Who would say you have old moments? Oh my gosh, I have old moments. I was at Magnus Creek having lunch with my grandkids. And and a lady came up to me. If you're in here, I apologize so much again. I'm like, I don't know her. The worst thing we should never say. And I said it, Pastor Greg, and I I regret that moment. But I can't remember. I'm not in here a lot. I'm in with your children a lot. But we have those moments. But you seeing the thing that I figured out in life, that when I wrestle with God, I'm not going to let go until what? He blesses me. And then, just like Jacob, I can say, I have won. I have won. Might not be the way I wanted it to happen. But I trust in God. I trust in Him. And I encourage you, if you're at a pivotal state in your life, a crucial state in your life, that you're about to make it a decision, a huge decision, 
Don't do it. Don't do it without you wrestling with God if you have to. Back and forth, back and forth. That's what a wrestle is. No! Yes! No! Yes! You know, on and on and on. Until you get to the point, it's like, God, no, not until you bless me, I'm not going to let go. That's what we do. We don't let go, though. Jacob had to let go. It was a physical fight. (laughs) It was not a fight. A physical wrestle. But we don't. So if you're here today, and you are really facing a defining moment in your life, and with every head bowed for a moment, just think, because Maybe you're in here and you're about to make a really bad decision with your family. Maybe something like I talked about. It's very easy in this world that gives us so much flexibility and so many things to tempt us. Maybe you're in here about to make it a decision that's going to be life-changing for your family. Maybe it's a decision that You don't know what to do. But if you're here today, please wait on God. Hold on to God until He blesses you. And then you know what you do then? You don't let go. Because now we don't have to let go. You don't have to let go. But we have to allow those moments in our life to develop us, to refine us, to make us better people, to make us someone better than what we were. If you're here about to make a bad decision, I ask you right now, with every head bowed and every eye, if that's you, just nod and say, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm about to make a bad decision. I don't know what to do. Just nod. Say, that's me. I don't know what to do. There's a lot of times in life we don't know what to do because we're always battling battling our fleshly side, our human side, and our spiritual side. It's like I was telling Lily the other day. It's a spiritual battle that we face. But maybe you're here today and you're just about, you just need some confirmation on the decision that you're making It is a defining moment in your life. Maybe you're making a business deal. Maybe you're making changes in your life. Maybe whatever it may be. But from me to you, don't let go. Don't do it on your own thoughts and your own way of thinking. Because we do that, we're going to get it wrong. We're going to get it wrong. Always told myself and I've told your kids and I will say this to you don't do it your way anymore do it God's way and you hold on to him until you have won until you have won we've had prayer this morning maybe you've already came down for a big decision and I'm not asking you to stand up or anything at this moment to Because sometimes things are really personal. God knows where you're at. God knows what's in your heart. The decisions that you're about to make. But I can assure you. That God is there to help you. To 
God is there to refine you. To make you better. So Lord God. I come to you for these people in this room today. And Lord I pray that you would help each and every one of us God. Just to hold on to you. Jacob held on to that wrestle all night long. He had to be totally exhausted. Totally. But he didn't let go. And sometimes we get so exhausted, God, fighting these battles in this world, fighting our battles with our children, our husbands, our wives, our work, even our spiritual health. Lord, I pray that you would help them today to learn from this moment, these moments in my life. All I did was hold on to you, God. All I did was stand upon your word and I didn't let go until you blessed me. Until I received your blessings, your blessings, not mine. Lord, help us all, everyone, God, as we just live our life in this crazy world for you. And it's crazy. Thank you, Lord, for refining me, making me who I am today. And I will keep serving. And I will keep living for you. And being that example that you called me to be to your people. To your church. Because I have won. And death I have won. And we love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for putting up with me this morning. I love you much, and I love your kids, Mutcher. (laughs) And uh, thank you guys. Thank you for your encouragement. God bless you guys, women tonight, men next Saturday. And uh, we'll see you all Wednesday night. God bless you all. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.